0: we doing today my lovely listeners whether your answer is good bad or somewhere in between i hope these next few minutes provide a respite for your soul as we talk about the hard spaces my name is and today i'm joined by my dear friend ima and we are chatting about depression and mental health today so let's get started Thank you so
1: much for having me, Brenna. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. Um, I remember when you first talked about this being an idea, and it's really fulfilling to see it come to life. And all of the heart and passion that you've put into it, it's really inspiring. So I'm excited to share um, a little bit of my experience, and I'm just so thankful for the friendship that we have. So
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, okay, so... We are tackling a big topic here. And as I had mentioned in my first episode, I had sent out a survey to some of like um, people whose opinion I really respected. And um, the questions were about things that maybe the church didn't address or didn't address well. And Mm -hmm. one of the top, I want to say maybe it was like in the top five things was mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is something that's definitely been on people's minds Especially the last year and a half with everything with COVID and obviously, you know, COVID affecting you physically, but then just quarantine and shutting down and isolation and everything that does to your mental health. I think people are starting to become more aware of it and more comfortable talking about it just because more and more people are anxious and freaked out (laughs) of their minds, you know, um, but yeah, I just would love to maybe just kind of start off with. I know that that this is such a broad topic, but really kind of narrowing down maybe some specific things that like are maybe a part of your story and what yeah. you would want to talk about. Um so maybe if you just kind of want to take a few minutes to kind of, you know, you can introduce yourself, talk yeah. about yourself a little bit and then sort of how, you know, mental health has sort of played a played a role in your life. Yeah, definitely.
1: I would love to. Um. So I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. And I grew up in, like, a traditional African-American household, but it was also um, two different cultures. So mm. my dad is Nigerian, and then my mom is African-American. And so I know a lot of people don't realize the difference with that, but there is a little bit of a cultural difference. And so with that, I grew up um, with, a like, confusion about my identity. I was like, okay, like, who who am I? And luckily, we grew up in the church. I have two siblings, two sisters and a brother. And um, we grew up in the church, which I'm so thankful for, because that really gave me the foundation of my identity and my confidence through Christ. And so luckily, although at home I was struggling, um, spiritually, I knew who I was, or I thought I knew who I was because I had the word and things like that. And um, it wasn't until maybe middle school, I started realizing that I was depressed. And I know a lot of people are like, what? Middle school? That's so young. Mm. And um, I remember going to a counselor and I was like, I'm so... I First of all, I told my teacher and she was like, we're going to set you up with the social worker <laughs> and... I, Even to this day, I remember he gave me my first journal and he was like, you know what? Like being sad is a part of life, but you don't want to just sit in the sadness. And I remember even in the church, um, mental health isn't talked about. It's all just like God loves you. God is comforting. God is this. But also, I feel like we don't realize that the enemy like is also an entity as well. And he is coming to steal, kill and destroy. And that's a fact like Because the Bible says so, you know? So that is the reason why we do go through hard things because that is the enemy's, like, MO. Like, he's out here trying to devour us. And I think the more that we admit that, which sometimes the church may not admit, um, I think the better that we can overcome the mental illness that we may go through because I've come to realize that it's it's a mindset Mm. and it is chemical imbalances, but those chemical imbalances are due to experiences.
0: Mm, That's, yeah, I think that's a really great, I think so, even just hearing you, I can think of like five people off the top of my head that can probably resonate with depression. And I think that, you know, with depression, I think um, growing up in my experience growing up because I grew up in the church as well is yeah. oh well if you're sad then you must not be reading your Bible enough right. or <laughs> you must not be praying enough and it's like on you like yeah. you're like what you're doing and certain and yes there is like God has given us these things to like find healing and mm-hmm. peace and strength but like you're saying like there are people so I think maybe the the importance of like kind of differentiating like there are people who go through depressive seasons mm-hmm. yeah. and then there are people who are like you have low um, a chemical imbalance you were born with it. Like, but yeah, I think it's one of those things where, um, I, I always saw that I, I went through like depressive seasons, but mm-hmm. I was never like, you know, cl- clinically diagnosed or anything like that. But I think it's one of those things where we, as the church need to have more grace in mm-hmm. and need to have more really trying to understand it. Cause I mm-hmm. think when you don't understand a mental illness, it's, it's kind of like well your first like initial reaction is always like well you must be doing something wrong right. or like um instead of like that grace of we're all struggling we're all and i think one of the verses i was looking up when i was thinking about this conversation and i was mm-hmm. listening to some some other podcasts actually about <laughs> um you know depression and stuff is like this idea in Romans 8 uh, 22 and 23 so um, it's talking about like cre- the all, all of creation is groaning because like mm-hmm. we live in this sinful, broken world. And a part of that is like, um, is, is sickness, including yeah. mental sickness. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, it says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but ourselves mm-hmm. who have, the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption to son and redemption of our bodies, and I think when I think of redemption of our bodies too, it's like your mind and yeah. your physical body and all of that, and mm-hmm. so I think um, one way that we can extend that grace mm-hmm. is realizing, yeah, maybe we 're not all depressed, but mm-hmm. we're all um, wrestling in our sin in different ways and wrestling in the brokenness of the world in Absolutely. different ways, and you know somebody. Like, me, who's, like, talking to somebody, like, with depression, being like, listen, like, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what you're going through, how you're feeling, but I can sit with you. Right. I can I can rest in, um, and groan with you in this brokenness that we're all facing and the mm-hmm. different ways we face it. Yeah. Um, we are all broken and we are all struggling in different ways, mm-hmm. like, puts this humility on us, you know, that should yeah. be in, like, ta- like, yeah, I guess, like, what do you sort of... Like, I guess, you know, having depression at such a young age, did you feel misunderstood? Did you feel like nobody was extending that grace to you or Mm -hmm. how was that? I think um, because it was
1: so taboo back then, luckily with social media in the past few years, I think mental health awareness has become so much more accessible and more widely known. But back then it was so taboo. So I was so... Yeah, I did feel misunderstood because I was afraid that people would think that I was crazy or that it was all in my head or that I was so blessed to have all of these physical things. How could I possibly be mentally struggling? And so I think that's also the common misconception, like mental illness or just mental health issues. It has no like specific demographic that it reaches. Yes, it reaches some demographics more, but just because you have physical like needs met that doesn't mean that mentally you are okay and yeah I was very misunderstood and even in my family I remember telling my parents like you know I'm just not feeling that great I really want to see a therapist and it was they're very against it Um, the way that my dad grew up in his community the idea is that your family is your therapist like your therapy you go to your family about Mm. your problems and it's like well, what if some of the problems started off in your family, you know? Ooh. And some people aren't ready to have that conversation. So it's best that I talk to a trusted professional to get professional help right now. So that was really hard. So I didn't go to therapy until I went off to college, and that changed my life. It really did change my life. And then later on in my life, the word is really what changed my life. Um, I know you were talking about Romans, and it reminds me of a verse in Romans that really kind of— transform my mind it's romans chapter 8 as well but like verse 5 to 9 ish um and it talks about if we set our minds on the world it leads us to death but a mindset on the spirit is life and peace and even in that verse like spirit is actually referring to god Um, And so if we really do set our minds on the things that are godly or the fruits of the spirits or things that God desires, it gives us life and peace. And yeah, I think a lot of people kind of misunderstand that. But the more that I've done that, the more that I've been able to set my mind free and work through my mental illnesses. So
0: that's so that's so encouraging and so powerful, I guess, Mm -hmm. like. So you did multiple things. So you did very practical things of like talking to people about it, going mm-hmm. to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if medication is part of your journey too, yeah. or if actually that's recently.
1: So I recently tried medication, and I was so against it for a very long time because. I was like, I don't want it to control me. I don't want to be a zombie. I don't want to, you know. And so it was like in the past few months, I talked to my doctor and I was like, I kind of want to try something. I was really anxious. um, Just dealing with the loss of my cousin due to COVID. And that has left my family in a very, I guess, vulnerable place because it's still grief. Grief is something that I think also isn't talked about a lot and I think grief because of a pandemic is just a whole different world you have to navigate that completely differently you know and um I did start taking medication for depression and anxiety and at first it was a very good experience and then after a while it was, okay, so this is kind of how I explain it, because I was like, I know I don't want to be on medication forever, and I just want to see what it's like so I can know for myself if that's the route, and in my mind, I was like, okay, this would be like the crutch that we need to get the ball rolling, to get moving, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it, that's what it was, and it really helped me see what life could be like if I was willing to do the work that I need to do, like- being more intentional about my time, like working out more, doing the things like journaling, going to therapy and things like that. It really got the ball rolling for me. So since like then I tried it out and I was like, okay, I'm glad that I got that experience, but now I don't do, I don't use medication. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, that's such a good point. I feel like I have talked to Uh, Where I work, there's a couple of counselors, like, professionally Mm -hmm. licensed counselors, and um, one of them was talking about, like, it was in the context of anxiety, but I think this the principle still applies of, you know, unless there's, like, yeah, there is, like, some people with chemical imbalance Mm -hmm, born, but, like, for people that are having long-term depression... Medication is the short term to get you to a place yeah. where you can have therapy for longer term solutions. Right. And it's so, it's so great that you said that because there's this quote from Jim Carrey. Okay. I know it's kind of funny, but my mom had actually sent this to me one time when I was going through a depressive state in college. Okay. Just a season. It wasn't like. You know, anything um, that needed medication or anything, but mm-hmm. um so I just really like this quote um, mm-hmm. that I thought was sort of like what you were saying with like practical things that you do. So mm-hmm. he says, "I believe depression is legitimate, but I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious food, get sunlight, get enough sleep, consume positive material, surround yourself with support, then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance oh, and good. even though that's obviously not doused in scripture or coming from a Christian perspective, I right. think there's some truth in that of like you know, I know it's so easy to stand here and be like, you need to do this, this and this to get better. And someone who's depressed having the motivation to do any of that, but just to recognize that there are steps to healing and you oh, yeah. don't have to like sit there forever. And I think you're living proof of that mm-hmm. and the like the working power of like the Holy Spirit in combination with like just being like faithful and Stepping into practical things because I think that's such a brave thing, especially at such a young age, to be like, "I need help." Yeah, and my family can't help me. And yeah, <laughs> that takes some guts. <laughs> I, was like, I remember I was so scared when I did go to the counselor. I was like, "I hope my parents don't find out. I hope they don't
1: like." And that's when my counselor was like, "Don't worry about it. Like, hmm. we won't say anything." Um, but the first thing that he told me, he was like, "When you're sad, I need you to write in this journal." Hmm. What made you sad and why? Mm. And when you're happy, do the same thing. And I really love that he did that because I think we as a society, we think that happiness is the only emotion that we feel, but there are so many emotions, so many different ways to describe how we feel and we should talk about all of them. Yeah. And so that's what he said, when you're happy and sad, right in this. And I think it's important to acknowledge those different emotions, although they're on different spectrums, like sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, so that was really, really helpful. And even, I think as believers, we kind of neglect the thought that like, our body is a temple. Mm. And kind of like that quote you were saying, like taking care of your temple. People think, and I think at that age, I used to think that happiness was supposed to just fall in my lap. Like, mm. because I was born, I should be happy because I'm on the earth. And you have Jesus. So yes, you always, yeah, 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 Yes. Yeah. But faith without works is dead. Yeah. Like, it's completely non-existent. Mm. Um, so if we don't do the work, how do we expect to create the happiness that we're looking for? Mm. Mm.
0: That is such a good point, and I think mm-hmm. it's it's all connected. Your mind, your body, like everything you're doing, and I think people are becoming more aware of that. You know, whether you're doing yoga or you're actually, you know, whatever it is. I know, girl, <laughs> I know. We did some yoga together last night. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, I think that was so brave of you to. And I think that's something maybe we can talk about too is mm-hmm. when the because I know it's the case with my mom is well when the source of your negative experience leading to depression is your family Mm -hmm. and I'm not I don't know like the whole story but like Mm -hmm. like how to cope with that and deal with that and like sometimes I imagine that can make you feel like a lot of emotions like lonely or like hurt or confused because you're like these people that obviously you love Mm -hmm. are the ones causing you pain and it's like how do you how do you cope with that? How do you, you know, how, like, was there, were there things you learned in counseling that helped you process through that? or Oh, wow. That's like
1: really deep. That's like making me emotional. <laughs>
0: no, it's okay. <laughs> but um, I think
1: with that, it comes with a level of understanding. And something that I've recently kind of realized is that compassion is having the ability to walk in someone else's shoes for a short time even a short period of time, but trying to think, wow, what have they gone through to make them act the way that they do? And I think over the years, I've realized that my parents and my family members have issues of their own that they've actually maybe not had the courage to seek help for, or they've not had the confidence to try to change. And I think trying to understand that has given me... um, the ability to not even blame my family for my mental health, but to realize that, hey, it's up to me to change things. It's up to me to do something different and to also realize that, hey, they've got their own things that they've been through that maybe they've not talked to anyone about. I mean, seeing a therapist in the like black community has been taboo for years. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot more open now and it's a lot more like self-care and mental health awareness. But for my parents' generation... Extremely taboo. Like, imagine how many people have grieved in their generation and never seen like a counselor or a therapist. How do you like, or they've never even coped healthy, like in a healthy manner? And I just think like, wow. So we we're so lucky that we're in a generation where mental health is not taboo, and we can openly talk about it like this, and like be honest and vulnerable, and like, hey, you know what? I've been depressed. I get anxious sometimes and it's not the end of the world.
0: So there were a couple of things that stood out to me in what you were saying. And um, the first one is extending that grace and that humility that I was sort of talking about earlier and understanding your parents aren't perfect or your siblings or whoever's causing this pain. Um, And, you know. I imagine that was like a gradual process, obviously, from a young age. But I Mm -hmm. think that is just a healthy mindset to just encourage people to have if if your family is a part of what's causing your mental illness or has Mm -hmm. been growing up and you're getting help through that is just like understanding that. Um, Because I know I've had to kind of deal with that with like my parents as well Mm -hmm. and and stuff. Um, But yeah, I just think that's such a testament to like the spirits work in your life. And that's really encouraging. And the other thing, I was having a conversation with my friend down in Dallas about um, self-care mm-hmm. and how that is not selfish and I think especially in Christian circles sometimes we can think like we gotta serve we have to give put right. others of ourselves which yes like but but what I'm learning is you taking care of yourself is in the long term going to be the better to help other people because right. you can't really give what you don't have Oh, right yeah. <laughs> you know so like if you're constantly feeling drained and you're like not filling yourself up with the word if you're not mm-hmm. going to counseling if you're not spending time with the Lord. And if you're not like doing these practical things, like what the Jim Carrey quote was saying to take care of yourself, like you, like you investing in yourself is like in, indirectly investing to other people because mm-hmm. you're being able to become this more equipped and refreshed and like stable vessel to like help other people. I'm not saying like you need to clean yourself up before you can help other people, but there's a balance in that. It's I think. Balance. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are just a couple of things that sort of stood out to me that I found like really encouraging. Yeah. And I hope, are encouraging the listeners out because I really Mm -hmm. feel like there's a lot of people who can relate to feeling mental illness at such a young age and not Mm -hmm. knowing like what to do um yeah so I think even off on that point
1: um a lot of believers think that like it's quantity over quality when it comes to giving to like our father um but God is a God of quality and so what, you've done all of these things. If it's either from a bad heart or the quality isn't there, it's like we have to really take a step back and make sure that, like, we're giving God our best. And, yeah, I think I grew up seeing that a lot in the church. People just, like, bending over backwards, giving their their very last. And it's like, while God calls us to give, we also have to take care of ourselves, too, so.
0: Mm, That's a good point. That's such a good point. I um, So I'm curious in, like, your journey... um, because it's been like it seems like from middle school up until now obviously Mm -hmm. um you know what were what were some moments that you would want to share that kind of whether it was like some a practice from your counselor some Mm -hmm. advice you received um or conversations that were had that um that you found were really healing or helpful Mm -hmm. in in kind of creating like a turning point in Mm -hmm. in your struggle
1: it's like really that's really deep yeah i mean (laughs) if you need
0: some time to think
1: I need to think because I think also in my journey, I've seen a lot of different therapists like within my lifespan, um, because finding a good therapist can take time. I've seen like Christian therapists, I've seen like non-Christian therapists and stuff like that. Um, And so I think, man, yeah, there's been a lot over the years, just really being able to self-reflect and also be self-aware and think about what you're thinking about. I know it may sound weird, but I think oftentimes we have thoughts that come our way and we don't really sit and think like that thought, we're going to like toss that away. Like that thought, let's get rid of it. But sometimes instead we just let thoughts come and overtake us. So I think I've learned to really think about why are you thinking that way? let's redirect our thoughts and let's not think that way you know let's Mm. make our thoughts more obedient to Christ and make them more heavenly make them more godly make them more uplifting you know and I think a lot of our self-confidence our self-identity it comes from how we view ourselves and how we talk to ourselves in our in our heads and I think as a kid I didn't realize that because of the lack of um, validation that I felt at home, it gave me negative thoughts about my self-worth. And it made me feel like you're not worth it. You're not, you know, this, that. And that's what really kind of made me feel low. But then I learned that, hey, I can be the one to give myself that affirmation. I can be a little bit more in charge of my thoughts. Like, I have complete agency over my thoughts, actually. And that's something that the enemy doesn't want people to realize. That, yeah. hey, you can take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ.
0: <laughs> no, that that's such, a, that's such an yeah. encouraging point, because I think sometimes mental health can make you feel helpless and, like, you're not in control. Yeah. And I think if you're taking the practical steps and you're getting help, mm-hmm. and, like, God is obviously sovereign and in power. And, like, the one thing you were saying, too, is, like, it made me think of something you were saying earlier. Is like, there's no neutral thought. Like, this is either coming from the enemy or Mm -hmm. coming from the Lord. Like, sometimes I think, like, one thing I'm learning, too, and just in— because I think there's people who don't have depression but think a lot of self-deprecating thoughts Mm -hmm. or negative. Mm -hmm. So I think it can sort of apply both ways or both situations of, like, you know, oh, well, I— I am lazy today because I didn't go for a run, for example. Just for the sake of an example, if you're like someone who's really active and you're saying like, I am X because of this. Mm -hmm. Well, where is that thought coming from? Where in the scriptures does it say that, um, you know, because then you can think I'm worthless or I'm Mm -hmm. not like doing whatever. And it's like, I think, you know, when we take every thought captive, like you're saying, we really need to evaluate the, where is that coming from? Is that Mm -hmm. like, like, cause sometimes it's like, oh, I'm just being really hard on myself. It's like, no, you're being attacked by the enemy. You know, like, I think we can sort of, the enemy almost wants us to not think it's coming from him. You know, we want to be like, oh, like you're just being really like, you're just challenging yourself or you're just pushing yourself. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, you're believing a lie from Mm -hmm. the pit of hell. And like, like, that's what I think, like I'm learning is like filling your mind and like being around people that will remind you of like, Mm -hmm how To take those thoughts captives and what to fill your head with mm-hmm. because the battle of the mind and that, like, these are like, this is the battle for the soul, right? Yeah. Like, God does not take it lightly, the enemy's not taking it lightly. Like, there's a battle in the spiritual realm, and, and that's sort of then going into my next question. I think, like, and we've sort of talked about this a little bit of growing up, we've both grew up in the church, and mm-hmm. it not both of us, I think, can agree it was not addressed at all or well at all. Like, and instead of the church being this hospital for sinners, mm-hmm. it's a showcase for the saints and it's like this like look at me and it's like so it's like how how do we change that ema? you know and i know the tide is sort of changing but it's like how do we like take these things that we've sort of experienced because we are the church right you and i are the church so it's like how do we take all these things that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. all these things we're learning and the resources that are coming in books that are being written podcasts are being put out it's like Mm -hmm. how do we take all that and like put it into the church that Mm -hmm. we go to and like plug it in it's like we're where is our role in that and like Mm -hmm. how do we how do we change how do we change the way that it's been handled and try to help people heal and have Mm -hmm. conversations you know like what are things that we can do that'll like that'll empower the church because I don't Mm -hmm. want this podcast to be like screw the church they didn't do this because the church is broken people right (laughs) like we're learning you know like we're learning but it's like how do we how do we change that you know it's like what do we do I think um
1: the first step is being more vocal and trying everything that we can to destigmatize mental health. And even in the church, um, even when I think about the church that I grew up in, I'm thinking of like how those changes could be made, but... I think just being more vocal, saying like, hey, you know what, today I'm having a self-care day. Like just throwing little things in there like, oh, yeah, today's a mental health uh, care day or mental health day. People are like, mental health, what's that? Like, you know, and I think for me, what what always blew my mind growing up was that when you physically feel sick, what do you do? You go to the doctor, to the doctor you yeah. get medicine, you rest. But, like, mentally, when people are ill, they don't think to do things to feel better. They just think, oh, I'm just mentally ill or mentally not feeling great today. It's like, no, go do the things that you need to do to feel better. And um, I think also just, like, our lives can be kind of a testament to that. And people will see how you live your life, you know. Like yoga, I'm, I am love yoga, mm-hmm. and I think some people realize, they don't realize that yoga is a way to just relax and meditate. Um, I have people say like, oh, but you're a Christian, you do yoga, and it's like, well, okay, let's wait, wait a minute. <laughs> There's, I'm not doing this yoga where I'm like worshiping these yogi gods. Or you're emptying like your that. mind. Like, yeah, like- you know, it's just relaxing, stretching, and just taking care of my mind. Um, so I think, yeah, our lives can be examples for the church. And then just being more vocal is a good way to
0: start the conversation. Yeah. And I think, yeah, using this podcast is a perfect example of that. Because I think, yeah, I think this generation is sort of confusing maybe older people. Mm-hmm. But they also could be freeing older people yeah. from that that of just be tougher. Or like yeah. you're just being, like it's a sign of weakness if you... Mm. Um, And I know with different communities, and maybe even like sometimes with guys, it's a like a pride thing too. Like I don't, I don't need help, you know that kind of thing. Like that's a whole other conversation. We could do a whole podcast (laughs) on that.
1: No, we genuinely could because I think, unfortunately, society has made it where men don't need help. Mm. Or like, you can't have a problem. You're a man. You're a father. You're a dad. Like, well, your father is a dad. <laughs> you're a man. You're a father. You know, you're a husband. And um, they, but they're human. They're people. And I think realizing that we're all just people, yeah. we all have problems. And if we could be more honest about it, I think we could help each other. Like, hey, you know what? I've been going through that, too. I've been anxious, too. And I think at work, I've started to do that, which has been the most fulfilling thing, having these open conversations with my coworkers about mental health. And you'd be surprised what other people are going through, too.
0: I think a way that we really change the church in this way, and even just people around us, is saying, me too. Yeah, Like, even if you can't be like, I had depression too, or like, no, like, I have felt anxious, or Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I struggle with this, like, other thing, me too. Yeah, And I think, like, that is such the way that Christ would be, and, Mm -hmm. like, is, sorry, I don't want to say would be, the way that Christ is, is he's never, like, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? right? So it's like, why would we sit there and condemn other people? Like, oh, or just like be lacking in grace in that area. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, even just this last week, like I was learning that with some people in my life that have some mental illnesses, like it's a different, it's not depression, but it's something else, but just like mm-hmm. trying to be like confused because sometimes I feel like, and I'm just going to be honest, like in my own life, I felt like mental illness, that was impacting like one of my really good friends had it struggling with it. We're not super close anymore. And then my mom, I felt like it was impacting my life in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And I was getting angry about that. And I was like lacking grace. I was like making it about me Mm -hmm. and like what I wanted. And I mean, there is validity in like your feelings of frustration and stuff, but also like realizing, well, no, like I've had bouts of depression or I've had Mm -hmm. this or that so like I can be more empathetic towards my mom now Mm -hmm. which I realize the older I get the more empathy I can have for her but I think what are your thoughts on empathy in relation to yeah
1: the Mm -hmm. issue of mental health I think even just your comment about how like when you have people in your life that have a mental illness it affects you and I think that people don't realize that. And over the years, I've realized that, like, I was so affected because people around me had mental illness that they did not actually address. Mm. So luckily, your mom had the courage to address it and be a little bit more honest about it, because then at least you all can say, hey, you know what? That's what's going on. And it allows you to be a little bit more empathetic. Um, but I think realizing that mental health, it affects everyone around you. And I think if we could start by really just working on ourselves and being empathetic with ourselves, everything else, like we can all be accountable, you know? And I think empathy and vulnerability is like more emotions that like we don't talk about. But the whole idea of me too, it is, it's the most freeing thing. And I remember, like I said, at work, I was very, very depressed Um, within the past year and I remember I was just kinda of coming to work sad, but like I'm just getting the job done. And I remember I had a conversation with one of my coworkers and we were talking and she's like, I've just been really anxious. I'm not doing so well. I medicine this and I was just like, Wow, this girl's really open. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, That that really opened the door for me to feel like honest. And I was like, Hey, you know what? Like I've been feeling really anxious too. And then it really helped us build a relationship. And then when I did try the medicine, I was telling her, like, hey, have you ever tried this? And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm on that, too.
0: (laughs) Yes, I think that's such such a beautiful thing of, like, the enemy wants us to keep the things to ourselves Mm -hmm. and to us Mm -hmm. to feel like we're different, like, we're this weird, like something's wrong with us unlovable thing that's yeah. going on and so when we keep quiet whether it's about and I think the same thing can apply to like sin too like yeah. if you're having sin but like talking about things is like there's healing in community there's right, right. healing in honest conversations I'm not saying you got to tell everyone around the block you know like hey listen no, like right. sir. but like there's wisdom in like hey me too like this person's struggling like let me share I think and I guess did you feel like in that moment did you feel like I mean obviously feeling less alone mm-hmm. can like boost your serotonin, I feel like, mm-hmm. or boost your like, wow, like I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. so I'm not crazy or right. I'm not this or I'm not like all the lies sort of dissipate.
1: Yeah, they do. It it just normalizes things because even one of my other coworkers was like, if anyone has ever and this was one of the male coworkers, he was like, If anyone has ever said that they've never struggled with depression or anxiety, he said they're lying. They are lying. Come on. Come on. <laughs> And I was like, whoa. Like, it's so true. And so I think um, the whole me too, it makes you feel a sense of community. And it's like... Okay, wow. Like it it relieves stress. It makes you feel like you're not lacking as much because everyone else, I swear, everyone else is going through their own stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, well, hey, let's get through it. Let's do it. And so it creates a better sense of belonging or community. And it's like, hey, and you can check in more openly like, hey, how are you feeling today? Or like, hey, you know, I'm actually going to log off early. I'm really not feeling well. And, um, I think just destigmatizing, I think for a long time, medication was something that I was so like, oh, that's the enemy. But it's like, why? Why? When we take medication for a headache, we take medication for all these different chronic illnesses that physically affect us. So that's something else that I kind of want to destigmatize, medication. Obviously, people don't want to be on medication all their lives for any problem that they Mm -hmm. have. But it's like at some point, like people have to do what they have to do because mental illness can be very, um, how do you say, like it can make you just lie in the bed all day, not wanting to do anything. Mm. And who wants to live life like that? God did not design us to live life like that. He wants us to have it to the full yeah and have peace and joy so yeah
0: yeah that's that you're preaching now girl that's (laughs) so good that's so good and I think what you're saying about the the freedom of talking about it it helps you not stay in those spaces like it actually is a part of the healing process and and there are people who will struggle with certain things for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. but being able to live with it in a functional way is something is is I think a laudable goal to have but also Mm -hmm. like like yeah like i can that's awesome that your co-workers are saying that because i'm sure that relieved a lot of stress from you and helped you like feel better Mm -hmm. and like not like have to sit in like the the darker spaces Mm -hmm. um because um i think the enemy wants us to to especially and this is just like my thought is like i think people that, that the enemy is really threatened by mm-hmm. are people who really have strong affection for the Lord and he mm-hmm. knows are going to advance his kingdom. And Emma, I think you're one of those people. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's going to push harder. There's a bigger target on people's backs who are actually mm-hmm. going to be like fighting the fight right. and are making a difference. And I think it's the whole thing of like, you know, the thorn in your side if mm-hmm. sometimes we can take like, so I, I do want to mention this. I don't know if you know who Charles Spurgeon is or mm-hmm. have heard of him. But he was a really great um, preacher in, like, the 1800s, like, so this was, like, way before people even probably knew what depression was, or, you know, all this stuff, and I remember he, learning about him in college, and he was, you know, this preacher who was, like, giving messages in front of thousands of people, and he was just a very, like, he seemed like a very charismatic, like, charming person, but realizing, like, reading his biography, like, he had crippling depression and crippling anxiety, and, like, Sometimes like before he would go on to give a message would literally be like begging God to take his depression away or like freaking out, you know, all this stuff because he was such a warrior for the gospel. And like people literally, if you go to his website, like Charles Spurgeon, all of his like hundreds of thousands of his sermons are documented on his website. Mm -hmm. And I was reading them through some of the hardest seasons in my life. And it's like the people that, and even the Psalms, you see that too of like David and his depression and like God, and like, obviously maybe David didn't even know, he's like, I don't know why I'm going through this, but like the fact that God is using this thousands of years later to impact people like you mm-hmm. and me, Charles Spurgeon, stuff like you and me, and like, whatever, you know, you're doing in your life and are going to do mm-hmm. is going to be impacting people now and in the future. And it's like, these are eternal things. And I think not that like, oh, it's an honor that I'm like going through this stuff <laughs> because that means that I'm a more like, that's not what I'm trying to say. What yeah. I'm saying is just like the reality of like, you trying to live your life for the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think we all have different thorns in our side that mm-hmm. we can ask the Lord to take away. But Him being like, my grace is sufficient for you. I, like, I've given you this for a reason sort of mm-hmm. thing and the mm-hmm. purpose and the pain. And I think your life is such a testament to that. And mm-hmm. just, I hope that in such, maybe in a weird way that that's encouraging of like, there's a reason you're going through this. Mm-hmm. And I think the enemy, like you're overcoming the enemy's like, arrows he's trying to throw at you to mm-hmm. like oh don't get out of bed or oh don't do this yeah. or oh don't talk to your coworker about your depression it's yeah. like you constantly struggling forward mm-hmm. I think it's just such a testament to like um yeah the power of the Lord yeah. in you and like you trying to live your life for him and I hope mm-hmm. people listening who might be feeling like alone or weird or different and like mm-hmm. I don't know like if I love Jesus why is this happening to me yeah. and it's like at the end of the day like you're probably a threat to the enemy yeah. and you're probably, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That like definitely makes me like just cry because even what you said about like people asking God, take this away. um, It reminds me of Jesus mm-hmm. and like Jesus had to bear the cross. Like, do you think Jesus really wanted to get up there and be crucified? Right. And I think Oftentimes, we have to think of ourselves like Jesus and say, hey, you know what? What if the way out of this is through it, Mm. you know? And so I really could only pray that my life is a testimony for people to realize, hey, you know what? We will go through hard things. But we've also been promised that, like, Jesus has already overcome the world, so we can, too. Um, if we go through it though. We, we we can't avoid problems. Cause like the word says, like, you will have troubles. <laughs> Jesus said that. And um, if we take heart and remember that he has already overcome the world, it could give us the confidence that we need to go through the problems that we have and not give up. Um, but to have the mindset to just overcome it. Like, how can we overcome it? How can we cope through it? How can we, you know? do what we need to do to win Mm. and I think just adopting a mindset like Jesus to overcome and hey you know what this is my cross to carry but let's get through it let's not just sit in it and be moping and depressed and sad and anxious like let's go through how can we make this better how can we cope Go for a bike ride. Do this. Like, think about why are you anxious? Okay, how can we prepare for that interview so you're less anxious? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Just being more proactive. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, yeah, a couple of things, like uh, points of encouragement just from what you're saying is I remember listening to this sermon the other day of how cruel would it be for God to bring you something that he wouldn't bring you through? Right. Like he's not going to give, yes, he's going to give you something that maybe you and your own strength are not strong enough to get through, but he will give you the power to go through that. And Mm -hmm. so like everyone be encouraged and reminded that like this may, whatever like mental illness you're struggling with may seem like overwhelmingly impossible to overcome, but God promises, like Ima was saying, that you will overcome. And also what Ima was saying with Jesus gets it. Jesus was human. He went through, um... Obviously, like the moment for the cross, like sweating blood yeah. and like asking God, take this, like is there, is there any, any other, other way? way? Yeah, and that yeah. honesty like like Jesus is like your the Almighty, like your Lord and Savior, but mm-hmm. he's also like your friend and he gets it. Like yeah. he he is there with you in those moments when you're in bed and you don't feel like you can get up. He is with you in those moments when you have enough strength to go on a bike right. He is with yeah. you and he and he like loves you mm-hmm. and like if that is what encourages someone listening today or us Mm -hmm. today I think that I hope it does encourage people because I think the enemy doesn't want us to think about that stuff and and to be encouraged by that um but yeah uh this is a big conversation I think we're both like crying (laughs) but um yeah I think um yeah I'm just trying to see if there's anything else we'd want to say I guess so to kind of we can sort of close with this is there mm-hmm. what would you say to maybe people listening so again this whole podcast focuses soul things a conversation about hard spaces mm-hmm. this is clearly one of the hardest spaces yeah. and especially people in their 20s who are going through probably a lot of things with relationships yeah. and family and becoming an adult and you know figuring oh out church. like just <laughs> everything it's like and you feel so young at the same time it's like what What would you say? What are kind of your final words that you would want, you know, people to remember from Mm -hmm. this podcast?
1: Mm, That's really good. Um, I guess for me, just... The more serious that I really tried to take my life of faith, the more I was actually able to realize who God is. And kind of like you said, God would never give us something that we can't handle. But also, God is like... He loves us and I think sometimes I used to think oh my gosh God is like disciplining me or God is punishing me Mm -hmm. and it's like even in Hebrews it says like God disciplines those he loves and God is also not unjust it mentions that in the word he loves us so much to help us go through hard things if we're willing to rely on him So I think that's the main key. Like, when we go through hard things, we do have to rely on our Father as believers. Um, But if anyone is listening to this and they're not a believer still, I think understanding who you are and why you do the things that you do and trying to get out of your head to, you know, take a look at who you are so that then you can um, work through those problems. And but... If you're not a believer, you should message me on Instagram and uh, we can get. Something yeah, that. let's let's take <laughs>
0: let's take a moment. To, no, thank you for sharing this, Ema. This is not such a blessing. I know my heart is just so full right now, but yeah, I know. So, um, Ema actually has got some side hustles herself, some passion <laughs> projects. Um, so, if you want to go ahead and just kind of plug in, you know what what how people can reach you and kind yeah. of some some things that projects you've been working on. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess, so as I was younger, I found a creative outlet with YouTube and Instagram and creating content. And that's another thing that I would suggest people with mental illnesses do. They have, they create an outlet for them to express themselves. So I create helpful content on YouTube. Um, you guys can follow me at Ema's life. It's going to be, I am as Mary, a S L I F E, um, and that's where you can see more of me, my personality. I share some faith-related content, but also it's just mental health awareness content. So for people to really free their minds, um, I have an Instagram. And I also, I did start a podcast uh, right before the pandemic. And so that podcast is actually called Free Your Mind with Ema. So if you all would like to listen to that, definitely feel free to. Um, I'm going to hop back on that. My girl Brenna is really inspiring me, and I just love, I love Brenna so much. Oh,
0: no. Yeah, so I'm going to put all the links in the description. Yes. um, And so you'll be able to follow her on YouTube, Instagram. Mm -hmm. Again, feel free to reach out um, to Soul Things Podcast Instagram page. That's soul underscore things underscore podcast. Also, if you want to be old school and email me a nice letter or email, I can let you give, I'll attach your email as well. But soulthingspodcast at gmail.com, pretty straightforward. Thank you for joining me on a journey through navigating your 20s. Remember, even in the hard spaces, His grace abounds. See you next week.